All right, we're going to uh, uh, get to James chapter 1 here in, in just a couple of minutes. I want to return to the word association deal uh, that we started with today. And um, one word association is to think about process and product. Now, that's not the big cliffhanger that I left out there earlier. Those aren't the words that James uses. But if we think for a couple of minutes about process and product, it will actually help us to, to understand what James is trying to do. And it will also help us to live in the meantime moments of life just a little bit better. So if you think about it, uh, process and product are, are words that are very much associated together. Um, we, we typically um, dislike the process and, and we love the idea of a product. Um, I asked some of our staff uh, about this process and product stuff and, and one of them uh, pointed towards working out. And they said, you know what, I, I love the idea of working out. And, and, and they love the idea of having a healthy body. They love the idea of, of having more energy. Uh, they love the idea of feeling better about themselves. But, but they don't always like the process that leads to that. Uh, if you've never worked out before or if you haven't worked out in a long time, uh, th then you know that starting to work out is a little bit awkward. It's a little bit uncomfortable and unnatural. And sometimes it even leads to just physical pain. And so that's a great example of how we don't really like the process, but we, but we love the product or the idea of a product. Uh, another example uh, from another staff member, they said having kids. That's not my example. It's just what somebody else said. They said having kids. They, they, they love the, the product of seeing, uh, uh, the idea of seeing a, an adult child that is, that, that is uh, producing in a, you know, in a productive way and they're responsible in the world. They love the joy-filled memories that they had of their kids when they were little, the snuggles, uh, the, the moments of laughter, the good deep conversations. But they also admitted that the process leading up to that is oh so difficult. Uh, the process of raising children is filled with heartbreak uh, and, and frustration. Uh, very often, right, when, when we have kids, we end up seeing our own mistakes, our own sin in the lives of our kids, and that doesn't feel very good. Uh, very often, our kids will be ungrateful, uh, they will be unloving or even rude to us. And so the, the process of raising children is very difficult, but we love the product of joy-filled memories and an adult child that is pro producing and productive and responsible in the world. So that's one word association. Uh, let's dive into James chapter one and we'll be able to use that process and product language a little bit as we go. Uh, I would just like to ask you to go to your chat box and engage with us for a second and um, let us know what brings you joy. Uh, the first words in James chapter one, verse two is count it all joy. And so just go to your chat box, shout off some things that bring you joy. Uh, I'll be able to get on there later and celebrate with you. Uh, I'm already seeing family come across. Even if you're answering uh, in the same way as somebody else, just go ahead and chime in with what brings you joy. But because this is what's really interesting, right? As we read James chapter one, verse two, we're, we're gonna see this word association that is a little bit shocking. It's not what we expect. Uh, it, he puts two words together that we would not put together. So it reads like this, James chapter one, verse two, he says, count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds. Do you see what he just did? He put joy and trials together in a word association. 
those are not two words that I would put together in a word association. Those are two words that are opposite in my world and in my heart. Um, uh, we, we might say that I have joy when my trials are removed. Right? We might say, I have joy when, when, when I've survived a trial or a difficulty. We might say, um, uh, I, I have joy um, uh, when, when that trial is uh, uh, completely gone from my life. But when I've met, that's what James says. Count it all joy when you meet trials of all kinds. Let's just kind of poke into this a little bit. He says, uh, count it all joy. That just literally means to consider it or to think about it. So he's calling us to, um, to take a step back from the situation and to look at it from sort of afar, right? The problem with trials uh, and difficulties is that we usually get too close to it and then it's very difficult uh, for us to see anything past it. Right? So he's calling us to count it all joy, to consider it, to think about it, to take a step back and look at it from a different perspective. Uh, the word trials just means adversity or affliction or trouble. Now, the word meet is very interesting. If I were you, this is probably uh, not appropriate, but I would actually encourage you to just cross that word out in your Bible because it's way too weak. Right? He says meet trials. What it actually means is to fall into or to fall among. It's almost always a negative, sudden, surprising thing that happens. And so that word meat is just too soft. Let, let, let me give you some, some examples. Uh, Jesus tells a story about a man that was going down from Jerusalem and he what? Fell among robbers who stripped him of everything. Um, the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts uh, was in a boat and they, um, uh, they, they, they struck or fall, uh, fell among a reef and their boat was destroyed. Uh, this is a sudden, surprising thing that nobody would choose, but often chooses us, right? The man doesn't choose to go out and meet robbers. The robbers come and choose to meet him. Um, uh, Paul doesn't choose to wreck his boat, but the reef finds him and chooses him and wrecks his boat. Th this is a surprising, sudden thing that we fall into or fall among. And so we just need to put on the table right away that we can connect with that. Right? We're living in this in the meantime season that sort of chose us. We fell into it. I, I haven't talked to anybody that said, yeah, I went looking for this season. Or yeah, I wish this season upon my kids and my grandkids and their grandkids after that. No, no, this is a season that chose us. We fell among it, it surprised us, it was sudden, and it's been difficult. We just need to put that on the, on the table. So Paul says, count it all joy <laughs> when you meet trials of many kinds. And it's a word association that uh, is a little bit strange. So if we keep going here, we're, we're going to uh, see more about this. He says, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. So just see this, right? He says, for you know. This is common knowledge. He says, everybody knows. There's no surprise here. This is kind of a no-brainer, duh kind of moment, right? He's going to say something that everybody knows and would agree on, right? For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. What's he saying? He's saying that trials test your faith. Duh, <laughs> right? It's one of those common knowledge, everybody knows that. Um, trials test your faith. Uh, faith is just a word that means conviction. Uh, it's, it's firmly held information, right? You know something up here and you hold on to it tightly. In this case, faith in Jesus is what, Paul is uh, is what James is talking about. 
you know some things about Jesus and you're holding tightly to it, right? So guess what? Trials test that conviction. Trials test that firmly held information and knowledge about who Jesus is and what Jesus can do. Um, to test something means that you, um, that, that, that you are trying to prove something, that you put something on trial. So, so just see this. Trials put your firmly held convictions on trial. Uh, Andy Stanley says it that way. He says, trials put your faith on trial. And he says it so well, I think it's just worthy to quote him. Trials put your faith on trial. So, so just um, go to your chat box and either hit a thumbs up or, or something when I ask this question. Is this good or bad? Is this good or bad for your faith to be tested in your heart? <laughs> How does it feel when you think about your faith being tested? Good or bad. Hit some kind of emoji or give a thumbs up or say yes, good or no, that's bad or it doesn't feel good. Let us know how you feel about that concept, about your faith being tested by this. Um, and, uh, and, and what I want you to know is that James would hit the good thumbs up like button but I personally wouldn't. And we're gonna keep coming back to that and, and our heart connection to this momentarily. Uh, James would hit the like button because he knows that the testing of your faith produces what? Steadfastness, endurance, perseverance. It's kind of like this. Um, if you run a mile, right, you probably know that you could run again. Right? It, even though it felt awkward and uncomfortable and your feet ache and your calves are sore, if you run a mile one time, you're pretty sure you can do it again. Uh, maybe more graphically, if you're in a boxing ring and somebody punches you in the jaw and, and you stay on your feet and then you stay in the ring and you keep fighting, it, you kind of know that you could probably stay in the ring and take another punch to the jaw. And that's what uh, James is trying to draw our hearts and our minds to, right? For you know, this is common knowledge. Everybody knows that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. It gives you confidence to move forward and know that it will be okay. So just see this um, logical reason, right? James is just giving us a logical reason to count it all joy, to take that step back and look at it from a different perspective. He says, when you meet trials, those trials are just part of the process that leads to a product of stronger, longer lasting faith. That's what he's saying. Now, if we move on, right, because uh, he's got more to say, he says, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So he says, let steadfastness have its full effect, right? Uh, when trials come, it, you, you really have an option, right? You can stand there, you can stand in it, you can stay in it, and you can let the process play out, and the process will lead to a product. Or you can run. You can run away from the trial and the adversity and the affliction. But if you do that, you'll, you'll miss it. You can quit. You can give up. You can throw in the towel. But you'll miss it. You can get mad. But you'll miss it. Now, what will you miss? <laughs> you, you, you will miss or you might miss how God is at work. If you talk to, to, to a mature disciple. If you talk to somebody who has been following Jesus for a long time, they know the fact that Jesus shows up in these incredible ways in these moments of trial. 
these moments of trial that nobody would choose, but these moments of trial that choose us. And so if you bail too soon, you might not see the great power of Jesus. If you run away, you might miss the exalted glory of Jesus. Um, if you quit and throw in the towel, you might miss the undeserved grace of Jesus. And if you just get mad and write everything off, you might miss the everlasting goodness of Jesus. Just think about our examples. Um, think about a runner who, who keeps running. Right? A person runs a mile and they say, oh, I could probably do that again. Right? They run that mile on Monday and then they run again on Friday. And then they keep running twice a week for the rest of their life. Um, that they will likely achieve their desired product, their goal of having a healthier body and feeling better about themselves. Now, on the other hand, a runner who runs on Monday and then runs on Friday and then says, eh, I'm not ever going to run or walk again, not so likely to have and achieve that goal, that product, right, of having a healthy body and feeling better about themselves. Now, the problem is that they didn't let the workout have its full effect. Um, think about the boxer, right? The boxer who gets punched in the jaw and then stays in it and gets punched in the jaw again and then stays in it and keeps fighting. He might be able to achieve that product. Uh, he, he might experience that goal of winning a fight or, or even becoming the best boxer in the world. But a boxer who gets punched once and then gets punched again and then throws the gloves off and steps out of the ring and never gets in the ring again, is not very likely to achieve that product of a victory, let alone being the best boxer ever. He didn't let the process have its full effect. And we've got to admit, that's a real temptation for us. When we get into these seasons of trial and adversity and affliction, we just want to bail and get out of here uh, but James says, no, 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 let steadfastness have its full effect. Let steadfastness have its full effect so that you may be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. Don't you love that? He uses three different words there. Uh, it's like a triple emphasis. He's bolding it, he's italicizing it, and he's underlining it. And, and what he's trying to say is, let steadfastness have its full effect so that you may be whole, so that you may be mature so that you might be wise. Um, now, now I, I, I know, right, process and product principle is true. <laughs> I've seen it in my own life with working out. Um, I've heard that the process and product is true when you raise your kids. Um, I, I've experienced it in my own spiritual life as I enter into a trial or an affliction or an adversity, and, and then I get to see Jesus in fresh, new, and exciting ways, but still, I'm just being honest, when the trial comes, joy is not my first response. Um, those are still, that's a word association that I need to grow in. That's a big thing here, right? Is that we, we just kind of need to admit and own. Uh, if, if joy is not our first response when a trial comes, then it just means that we have more growing to do, right? We have more maturing to do. But it also, I want you to see this, directs how we pray. Uh, check out verse 5 with me. Uh, verse 5 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. 
If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. This is a a fascinating passage to me. Um, I have never prayed this in the face of adversity or affliction or trouble. Um, I usually pray maybe one of these three things. And and if you relate to one of these three prayers in the face of adversity, affliction, or trouble, just hit a like button or give me a thumbs up so that I know I'm not alone here. Usually I pray something like this, Lord, take it away. Right? If you pray that, just, just hit a like button or let me know I'm not alone. Uh, maybe I'll pray, Lord, what should I do about this problem? Right? It, it, uh, Lord, why does this happen? <laughs> right? Those are the types of things that I usually pray. But, but James here has a, a really interesting piece of advice. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. Now, this is super great. Um, uh, here's what wisdom means. It means having info... Uh, and using it, right? Having information and actually using it. Um, wisdom is is doing this, right? You take that step back and you see the bigger picture and you have that bigger perspective. Um, wisdom uh, knows that the process, right? The testing of your faith actually leads to maturity. And so James says, look, when you face these things, you can count it all joy. You can take that step back, you can consider it, you can think about it, and and you can pray, (laughs) Lord, help me to take that step back, because I don't do it naturally on my own. Like I said earlier, I'm naturally like this. And, and, And what James says is, look, he knows that we are like that. And so he says, Lord, give me wisdom. Help me to take that step back. Help me to consider it. Help me to think about it. Help me to look at it differently so that I might consider this joy, knowing that you will either use this scenario, this situation, this trouble, or you'll remove it. You'll take it away. James says, pray for wisdom. And I love how James ends here, right? He ends in good news. And he says, um, uh, he, he says, how uh, he says how God will answer the prayer, right? Did you, did you catch that? He ends the, the, this little section in such great news. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who what? Gives generously. He's not just going to give you a little bit of wisdom. He's going to give you a lot of wisdom. Uh, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Let me just uh, do a little bit more word association to, to kind of wrap this up. Um, when we think about process, the word association is product. Uh, when we think about trials, the word association is joy, wisdom, gift. When we think about Jesus, the word association is suffered, crucified, died, raised to life. Amen. Amen. So good. Thanks be to God. Let's say a word of prayer and uh, just thank Jesus for who he is and what he has done in every season of life. Uh, Lord Jesus, we, we thank you. We praise you for who you are and the way that you are active, not just in the good times and not just to get us to good times, but, but you are there and present and active in the meantime, in the hard seasons of life, in those trials, adversities, and afflictions. And so we thank you that you yourself experienced those seasons. We thank you that you um, uh, not just survived, but thrived and brought new life in those seasons. And so we thank you and praise you uh, that we have a hope 
that, that we can look forward to what you are doing. Lord, open our eyes so that we might see and trust and cling to you every moment of every day. In the name of Jesus, all God's people said, amen.